0: Hi, this is Leah
1: Remini, and you are listening to Five Questions with Dan Chauvel. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chauvel. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is Emmy Award-winning actress, producer, and author, Leah Remini. Leah rose to fame on the CBS sitcom show, The King of Queens. More recently, she is the host of People Puzzler and co-judge of So You Think You Can Dance. We talk about her new shows, career trajectory, and more during this episode. Leah, welcome to Five Questions.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: How have you dealt with the pain of sharing memories of your life growing up in the Church of Scientology?
0: Well, I think it's partly because I've been doing the work therapy. Scientology is very against going to see anybody in in the mental field. As a matter of fact, Scientology sets up any real doctors in the field of mental health as the enemy of humanity. So that was a big step. And also because I think it's part of healing when you share your pain. And I wanted to be somebody who, because I promoted Scientology, I also wanted to be part of the healing process of those out of toxic and abusive relationships, whether it was Scientology or a frame of mind or a bad relationship. I I just thought sharing pain is is important. Part of what we should be doing as humans is sharing our pain with each other so others don't feel so alone in theirs.
1: Yeah, it's. A form of therapy as well. And I I saw all the seasons of the show and really enjoyed it. And what's really great about what you're doing now is you have so much going on. You're kind of like reinventing yourself in your own way and challenging yourself. For instance, you're pursuing an undergraduate degree at NYU. Why did you decide to pursue it now at the age of 50? And what has your experience been like so far?
0: Well, I, I wanted to do it because it was the kind of the last piece of me that was taken from me as a child in education in general but also higher education, like most cults are frowned upon because the more educated you are, the more you learn to be a critical thinker, right? And abusive and toxic cults and and organizations and relationships want you to not ask questions, right? Because asking questions would lead to you possibly getting the answer that will open your eyes or not getting the answers that will open your eyes. I wanted to take that piece of me back, part that I didn't get to have as a child. And adulthood I didn't get to get an education and I wanted to take that back very difficult I have to say the older you get, (laughs) when you have life and career and it's not easy you know the good news is uh I'm a little prepared now for what my daughter is about to do because I'm about to send my daughter off to college and I'm like wow this is uh this is really where you learn to to do things on your own but it's a little bit different for me because I want to right this is like this I kind of eat up knowledge I've always been that so that's why I wanted to pursue it I wanted to give myself that back, that gift of an education. And uh, I tell you, it ain't easy.
1: Yeah. And those conversations between you and your daughter about your you know, experience as a student must be really interesting. <laughs> I live by this whole thing of like, you're a student for life, not just for four years of school. And aside from going to school, you are a judge for So You Think You Can Dance. What qualities, after all your years you know, as an entertainer, what qualities do you look for in talent? And what's your biggest turnoff?
0: Biggest turnoff is not being aware that you're dancing for other people and performing for other people, where you're kind of selfishly up there in your own little world. As performers, we need to know that there's somebody beyond here, right? This conversation is not just you and I. We're hopefully... Projecting out into who's listening and watching this in hopes that something that we said made them smile, made them think differently, made them not feel alone, right? There's an intention behind a piece of art, no matter what you, if you're a singer, right? Like you want to give the listener some feeling. You want them to feel something, whether it's happy, whether it's pensive, whether it's sad, right? It's like as an artist, you're supposed to be thinking about the audience. And what I look for is feeling something. I don't look for technical, you know, your toes, you know, because I don't care about that, right? Imperfection is beautiful. I look for how I feel when I'm watching. I'm looking for overall performance.
1: Now a word from our sponsor, Cornerstone could be your North Star for navigating the future of work. Over 75 million people use Cornerstone every day to help them build the essential power skills they need to grow, adapt, and be ready for the future. Cornerstone creates the tools needed to manage your talent by delivering dynamic ways to upskill your employees to where the market is evolving. They offer an innovative skill development solution that delivers immediate, actionable insights and connects people with the essential skills they need to adapt, grow, and be future ready. To add the tools you and your people need Need to power the future ready workforce, visit csod.com today. That's csod.com to learn more and schedule a demo. And aside from all of that that you're doing, you're also the host of the game show People Puzzler. What have you experienced and learned through the past two seasons?
0: I do six shows a day, sometimes seven shows. The first show, there's three panelists, you know, three people. As soon as that show's done, I run off stage, or I run to my dressing room, change my clothes, come back, and do another three, right? and that goes on all day. So what I learned the most is that I come up there. I never actually sit and think of who I am, I guess. I forget, right? I just see myself as Leah. And I forget that people know me from TV, which is crazy. So- I've learned, like, you know, I get up there and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? And I'm busting chops. And, and and you know, sometimes I get the look, you know, a lot of times I get this kind of like look. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, what's going on? Do they hate me or what's happening? Did I say something wrong? And I realize, like people are just not used to meeting people that they've seen on television. And also they're not used to being on television. And so now it really happened like show two season one when I realized how much I have to really host. I really do take my job seriously. I mean, I don't just come up there and be like, ready, ready to go? What's your name? Where are you from, honey? Don't worry, take a deep breath we want you to win. You're good. I'm good. You just say whatever you want. Don't worry. It's not live. If you don't feel good about it, we could stop. So all day I'm basically hosting people in my house and I feel a responsibility towards them. And so I've learned a lot that you really just have to kind of take yourself out of it and understand that other people are going through things that have nothing to do with you
1: I completely agree i actually had no idea until i started watching jeopardy again after many yeah. years my girlfriend's like Do you know they film all of these in one day yeah that's so much and so when yeah. you're not doing that you're you know hosting another show and you're yes. you're at school and you're doing other things, other personal activities. So this, it being a mom, so there's a lot going on. I think that's a that's a great thing that you're just such a kind of a cheerleader and supporter of the people who are on the show, just because many of them have never been on t or most of them have never been on TV before, yet you have for so many years. And what's your best piece of career advice?
0: My best career advice is to not give up. Because there's a thousand reasons why, in any given day, why I would have given up. It's really about the belief in yourself. And you don't need to have belief in yourself to, to fake it and to move forward, right? you got to do it despite the fear, despite the criticism, despite your self-talk. For me, it's about resilience. It's about not giving up. And when you do give up, that says that you really really didn't want it that badly anyway or you had an idea that it was going to come to you easily, or you're not doing it for the right reason. So when I hear people say they want to act, I say, why? And if their answer is, well, I want this thing or that thing, that car, that's not why you act, right? That's not why you dance. When you think about dancers, which is, again, I have so much respect for dancers. There's not a whole lot of money and uh, longevity in dancing, but what, what people have to put their bodies through to dance and what career really is it for a dancer after a certain age, right? So they really do it for the love of them. And for actors and people who are performers, they do it because they genuinely love it. They genuinely love to make people feel something. And the other stuff, right, the car, the house, everything you, th- which by the way, you should want and have. But that's not the reason.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Leah. To follow her journey, you can watch her shows So You Think You Can Dance and People Puzzler. And find her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter where she shares her appearances, family, and meals. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash dan Shabel And please remember to rate and review the Five Questions podcast on iTunes.